Hello friends, Boss Tuna here. A little pre-show note, just a heads up, this episode was recorded about two months ago, so there are a couple conversations in here which aren't as relevant as they were when we recorded it, but as always, we hope you enjoy. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for love, buds. You stole mine, bud. horror show don't you know snow mittens on my hands we are <laughs> that time of year this is boss tuna coming the joe blow live. horror show where we review rate and discuss horror movies not horror films <laughs> correct <laughs> but we may be reviewing a horror film tonight i'm not sure we'll find out <sighs> but yeah we're, we're coming at you with our first legit episode and review in a minute because we had our halloween hangover previously we had been inundated with the Oktoberfest episodes previous to that was the resident evil summer of the under the umbrella summer under the umbrella cut yeah bud so it's been a minute it's been a minute so let me welcome you back to the og this is this is what brought us all here. This is the Joe Blow Horror Show reviews. We're coming at you with an older movie. So just a reminder, the older movies are 96, 1996 and older. Newer movies are 1997 and newer. But I am Boss Tuna, as always, from day one. But with me, I'm going to go ahead and say... Pretty much day one from the new Joe Horror Show. We have the co-host with the mo-host. We have our herbal enchanter. We have our Andy Gator chugging. We have our knee tickler. We have our square hammer. We have our patchy beard. Oh, Hobbit. what Tell is that? Baboon. No, I'm not letting that stand, Patchy Beard. You talking about because it's not grown in yet right here. That's all it is. Not grown in as in my beard grows in. It's just not thick yet right here. Well, Wait till it gets thick, sir. Then it's okay. all full. It's all I just wasn't I, I don't sure want the, if... I don't want the listeners to think I'm some kind of fucking crackhead Jesus out here. All right. I mean, you might either have some like skin condition preventing nope. your beard to grow in, or you might be like receiving you know, radiation treatments for your herpes, but I am not sure what's going on, but now I'm self-conscious and I'm looking at my beard in the fucking zoom camera and I feel all fucked up. No, I'm the Cajun cranker. I'm the fucking mad hatter. I'm the fucking guy that you wish your mom had back at her. I'm Travis Maxwell Boone. Yeah, you goddamn Ooh, right. Joe Blow Horror Show in the good. house, bitches. This yeah, is the bud. old and the new. This is what the fucking listeners want. That's what they crave. And it's time to fucking dive back into it. I want to do some old school 1970s horror, bro. I want to go hide back and do some 70s horror, bro. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Joe Blow's going back to the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Back I'm in excited. the day. When the cinema was fucking unfiltered, you could go. But dude, this is when the grindhouse cinema was at its peak and prime. This tonight's movie might have been at a grindhouse cinema near you in the seventies. It should have been. It should have yeah. been. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Yeah, we or we. I'm not gonna say we. I'm gonna say I have been on a fucking heater lately for seventies horror. And I could be happier. 
I couldn't be happier. So tonight's episode is Shivers 1975. We have the OG Cronenberg film. So buckle up, Buttercup. Uh, Ian. Letter Ian. rip, tater chip. <laughs> Ian Cronenberg, you hear that, son? We're going to do this old school Cronenberg film. I'm trying my best to do Scottish, but I'm doing like a horrible job. But we're going to do that 1975 Cronenberg. I know you listen. So I know you're hearing me fuck this up and I know you're laughing your ass off. <laughs> the toad the toad is over there fucking laughing his oh, ass off too. It's a fucking toad. <laughs> you listen here, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. That's not how it. we sound. <laughs> That's not the center. I'm going to grab my haggis and pints. Fuck you. <laughs> this is his namesake, though. This is his namesake. We're t- we are d- going to definitely cover a Cronenberg film here tonight. And if listeners didn't check out the last episode of the Joe Blow Horror Show, they would be remiss and they would figure out how we came to this conclusion. Originally, I had a different older movie planned, but we did our Halloween hangover. You came in talking about this movie, talking so much smack and love, loving. So you were smacking it with love that I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch it. it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a butter it up and put it in the oven and we're going to bake it and we're going to fucking take it out like it's Thanksgiving because it's because <laughs> it's damn near it. And we're going to fucking talk about this movie. And so I swapped adopt my old for this old. So this is technically this is going to be a boss tuna double feature, if you will, sir. Just saying. And I and I bow and I give my fucking thanks to you because I'm glad I picked this movie. I I am glad you picked this movie as well. So ugh. anyways, Mr. Tibu, how have you been, buddy? What's what's new in the uh, Swamp Donkey uh, universe over there? What, what What's going on? You've been. I mean, we're in we're in uh, November here. We're we're creeping up. It's it's Thanksgiving time, so mm-hmm. I, I'd imagine you're cramming some last minute twenty twenty threes. What's what's going on there, bud? No, man, I ain't cramming shit. It's the same as it was last time. I'm just working, dude. Like I I, I barely found time to watch this movie and another. I'm gonna be honest with the listeners. I just got fresh off of a nightclub recording to jump into a Joe Blow recording. Like I crammed two movies into my day that I don't have time for, honestly. Um, it's gonna even out soon. It's gonna even out soon because I started a new job, a nine to fiver. So once those checks start rolling in, my life will stabilize and I'll be back on track and I'll be fucking watching movies in the evenings like I should be doing. So I'll be cramming in some 2023s here soon. But yeah, dude, besides that, nothing much. But I know you're up to shenanigans. You're up, you're up uh, close to the true north there, eh, uh, bud? Oh, yeah, bud. I am, or savvy, savvy listeners will probably recognize and realize what's going on here. But it's that time of year. I am up north uh, in northern Minnesota, and I am up deer hunting. I'm in the cabin. We've recorded many a... Joe Blow episode up in this cabin there, bud. I'll show you around a little bit here. I know you're 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 familiar with it, but it's the old log cabin up north. And for, um, for the listeners who don't get to see this, it is pristine. There's arching ceilings. Um, everything is wood. It's wood, wooden. Everything is. It's like a cabin. You have an upper case or upper stairway up there, uh, upper floor. There's windows in the shapes of like the Amityville Horror House. Oh I yeah, mean, it's sir, fucking but... dope as fuck. Yeah, yeah. This no, is, this I, is I am... where. It, and correct me if I'm wrong. And I think we talked about this. This is where we recorded our famous, infamous episode fifty, the Shining episode. You know it. You know it. This is the cabin because every time I come up here for deer hunting, I, I just I, I I get a heart on every time I talk about it. So I have to like catch my breath here but um, <laughs> it's it's poking me in the chin right now but yeah this i watch the shining every single year and this is when i watch it it's up here at this cabin because even though we're in november when you get this far up north everything's frozen there's snow on the ground it's that time of year it puts me in that christmas slash wintry horror mood and I love it. So I'm up north here, and and obviously 
we got to record because this just puts me in that special mindset of horror. And I was telling Tibu pre-show, I was at the bar previously to get some dinner. And there was a guy wearing a t-shirt that had Jason Voorhees on it. So that brought up a conversation and I'm like, bruh, tell me about your horror background. I'm a big horror guy. And I didn't let, I didn't really let him know into, you know, how serious I was. I just kind of let him spear his information at me, but I love it. This is, it gets me in that mindset. I get so pumped up and amped up when I'm up here, but yeah, I'm at the cabin. I'm at the shack. If you will. You made a few fans up there. Did you bud? Oh yeah. 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 I, I also, I, I, did you nab a deer up there? Did you bud? Oh, I nabbed a deer there, bud. I've been hunting up here since, Ooh, I was 13 years old. So that was in 1990. Ooh, oh my golly. 96. <laughs> so I've been hunting up here since about 1995 there, bud. And I shot the biggest deer of my entire life this year. And I'm pretty pumped about it. So it's a monster. If you want to see what that deer looks like, that's what I was getting at. Yes, sir. <laughs> Come on in. We will welcome you into our Discord. Check us out. In all seriousness, I hate talking about this and pimping it because I'm like one of those guys when I listen to a podcast and they get to this point, I'm like, skip. I hit that. No, little no but fuck button. that. Fuck that, though, because if they join the Joe Blow Horror Show Discord, they're going to have fun because we play horror trivia games every single day. They play Wordle every single day, and you get some insight and some back behind the uh, scenes stuff in our personal lives. Boss Tuna was posting stuff from his trip up there today. Um, it, we we saw scenes of him at his campfire. We saw his his um his his haul today, where he got his deer. And if you're not into that kind of thing, you know, hey, it, that's fine. But he is, and so that's what's going on. We, we also, yeah, we also have the Joe Blow Horror Show Shotgun Reviews, and we have Mr. Widgington. Shout out to him because he always will uh, pump out some reviews, which are pretty cool. So, I mean, pop on the Discord. Come come on and join us. You can. And there's there's up to date articles too, like all the time. Yep. You're you're a big proponent of of posting those. You you post them all the time. Up to date articles on like different horror news, news going and, on, oh, yeah. different movies. Yep. Yeah. So the horror, the Joe Blow Horror Show Discord link in the show notes. And I would say that our Facebook is gaining popularity. <clears throat> Tons of people are joining the Facebook. So come on there. If I'm being honest, the Facebook, all I do is just post news articles every once in a while and our episodes. But we're on Slasher. We have, I want to say, I, th- I think we're at 14,000 followers on Slasher. So Slasher is a big deal for us. Come on that. Facebook, Slasher, Instagram, X, or Twitter. Does anybody call it Twitter anymore, or is it just X, Tibu? Some people call it Twitter because they die hard in the paint. Um, I'm calling it X because it's called X. I don't know what to tell you. Do I still would say that on X you tweet, though, because I don't know what else to call it. I don't know what else to call it. Uh, post on X? I'm going to call it a tweet. Until right. someone tells me otherwise, it's a tweet you. on X. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I hear you. Follow Joe Blow on all those platforms. And there will be a link in the show notes for the Joe Blow Horror Show Discord. Um, yes. Infinite I invite. Will. Infinite invite. But anyways, hop on our socials. And also, don't be afraid to email us. You know, we're, we, we, we love getting emails. And with that. I don't know about you, but I am thirsty and I want to talk about a movie. So what we're going to do is we're going to roll in here. We're we're in the Winnebago. We're rolling up to our drive through this year. And there is a killer bar coming up here. We're going to stop in at this bar because there's flames and shit coming out of it. And I see somebody out in the parking lot with a bullhorn and they're probably talking about drink special. So we better go check it out. What do you say? Fuck yeah, I need to spit all this fucking penis-looking meat out of my mouth and uh, go jump in that fucking bar because uh, I don't, I don't want to stick with these parasites. I need to flush them. Let's go. All right. Well, you can spit in my mouth any day, bud.
Twister, we're slashing pussy in half. Give us an upper on our best selection of pussy. This is a pussy blowout. All right, we got white pussy, black pussy. All right, we are here at this bar called the Titty Twister. And they have a couple specials tonight. And uh, the Joe Blow Horror Show's credit card is just bulging right now. And we're ready to make out open mouth style with uh, some of the waitresses here and exchange some spit and some slugs. And I am buying. So, Mr. Tibu, what do you got, buddy? Dude, I am. I'm not even going to lie to the audience. Again, they heard me say earlier, I came off another recording. I am two Voodoo Rangers in. I've got two Voodoo Rangers on deck. So I'm Voodoo Rangering like I always do. I didn't get to buy anything special tonight. I'm being my old simple Travis self. That does not mean I didn't show up to party. That does not mean I'm not here to fucking have a good time. I want everyone out there to follow us on Untapped. <laughs> I'm going to plug it for you. So uh, you don't have to, but follow Joe Blow Horror Show on Untapped. Follow Boss uh, Tuna. Follow, Boss Tuna. Follow. Yeah, Boss Tuna Brewing on Untapped. There you go. Yeah, do it. Do it right for me, Daddy. <laughs> Um, I, I am on there, but I need to re-download the app because I got a new phone and I don't have the app and I got to get back into the swing of things. So yes, once do. I do, listeners, once I do, I'll give you my handle and you can follow me as well. I don't always drink the same things, even though it seems like I do. But here and there, I, I, I you know, finances, finances. So, uh, Boss Tuna, what are you going to have this evening? Well... I am a simple being, and whenever I come up north, I will visit my very favorite microbrewery ever, although they're not really as much a microbrewery anymore because they've gotten so big, but it's Surly Brewing, and I will say I'm sad because they used to put these beers out in their liter bottles, but... The ABV is so heavy and these beers are so fucking cosmic that it was putting people into a fucking <laughs> tailspin. So they end up going to these fancy little boxes and 16 ounce cans and they just have these certain releases. So this is a 17, which I thought it was fitting because it has like a little slug slash fly bug like thing, which is very fitting for yeah. our episode. But the brew that I am busting out is the Surly 17, and it looks like a big old fucking, I don't know, is that that's almost like a fucking V8 can type deal. But it's a, I mean, it's, it's a strong ale aged in bitter orange liqueur barrels and bourbon barrels. It's 11% alcohol. Yeah. And, um... I mean, it's surly brewing. So anybody in the Midwest, especially Minnesota, listen. Ooh, I don't know if you heard that little crack. If you haven't imbibed in the surly yet, check them out because surly is life. But I'm gonna take a little sip of this right now. Why? Why didn't when we got fucking better microphones did the cracks go away? I've noticed that over the years. Our old shitty mics used to pick up the cracks. Now. We don't hear them anymore. What the fuck? You're right. I think it's like automatically AI Elon Musk type fucking, you know, he, muting that type of shit out. Elon Elon hates AI. He don't like it. I know, but that's all he uses. Eli's a fan of the show. I'll message him. He, he's fucking <laughs> me all the time. He's he's constantly asking me to be on the show, but I will get him on one of these days. But ooh, that's a I, fucking very different type of. That's a different beer. Golly. What are you tasting? What are you tasting there when you sip that? Because the way you described it sounds interesting. Oh, man. It's, it's, uh, oh my God. It's, even though it's aged in bourbon barrels and whatnot, it's, I taste like the orange and like the ginger and the bitter. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit sweet, but it's also, Man, it, it it's it's so weird. I wish I had the Joe Blow Horror Show glass where you could see it because if I poured this out, it'd probably be honey colored. It's very strange. It's very there's strange. a weird there's a weird aftertaste to it. There's a very weird aftertaste to it. 
So is would you recommend this beer? Oh yeah, yeah. This, oh. this is going to be rated probably. So the Joe Blow Horror Show rates movies on a ten point scale, but Untapped is on a five. So I am going to say this is probably going to be a four. Oh, I would fuck, say this yeah. would be an eight out of ten. Pretty solid. But I'm also supplementing this with a Boulevard Brewing. They're friends of the show. They're out of Kansas City. This is called a Proper Pour. It's an Imperial Stout double-aged in Cabernet wine barrels in whiskey barrels. So this one's really good as well, too. So that's that's being supplemented with this, as well as about 17 Jameson ginger ales previous to the show, but that's <laughs> my boy. Anyways, throat at this point. <laughs> oh yeah, bud. He's I got say, the shivers. Oh, <laughs> got the free songs, Arizona. Yeah, it's a nice movie. Is the free songs by oh, David songs. by David Cronenberg? <laughs> if we go any further, I'm gonna get the fiancs. Oh, but, dude, tonight tonight's movie is the free songs by David Cronenberg. Cuyomberg. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's what I'm talking about. Anyways, uh, I don't know about you, but I went to the bathroom and some guy was was in there acting really weird. And I'm pretty sure he had an appendage sticking out of his crotch that wasn't normally there. So well, that's Grindhouse. I think, yeah, I think I think <laughs> we need to get out of here because uh Grindhouse is in there. Uh <laughs> yeah. Strumming an extremely large penis that it seemed to be attached to Rickles, which is <laughs> they're all fusing together. This yep. is a Cronenberg movie. Oh shit! <laughs> Hashtag docking. Anyways, we're gonna listen. <laughs> we're gonna listen to the um the the Jesus Mary and Joseph trailer trailer, <laughs> and we'll be right back with Shivers from 1975. If you think you're not afraid of the dark, if you think you have a strong stomach, if you feel nothing can shock you, if you say you don't scare easily, if you believe you've seen everything, then prepare yourself for a motion picture that takes you beyond fear, beyond your wildest nightmares and brings you face to face with terror beyond the power of priest or science to exercise. What are they? Raging demons from another world? Bloodthirsty creatures that must be killed? Or incarnations of absolute evil? They possess men, women, and children drive them to acts of unbelievable horror. No one is safe from them. No power on earth can stop them. The only escape is death. If this picture doesn't make you scream and squirm, you'd better see a psychiatrist. Quick. All right, TBU. TBU? 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 I don't know about you, buddy, but I'm ready to talk about this film. So this is Shivers from 1975, rated R, clocking in at 87 minutes. Oh, this is written and directed by the David Cronenberg. This, I'm not sure about you, but David Cronenberg, I'm just going to ask you right off the bat. What are your initial thoughts on David Cronenberg? Um, he's a master of body horror. He's okay. he's he's a great filmmaker. For me, his filmography is hit or miss, but his okay. hits are amazing and his misses are good. So, like, I don't I don't hate his misses, but I, but I think his his hits are amazing masterpieces. Um, so Cronen David Cronenberg for me is a fucking top notch filmmaker, one of the best names in horror ever, and one of the masters of horror in my opinion. All right, very nice. Well, written and directed by David Cronenberg. Whew. We we have a handful of people here we're going to shout out. So we have Paul Hampton. He has been in a handful of stuff, nothing too uh, crazy. Joe Silver as well, too. Some people might recognize him. Lynn Lowry, she played Nurse Forsyth 
And I'm going to give her a shout out in honor of a frequent guest of ours, Carly Sonnefeld, because Carly Sonnefeld is, I would say, an aspiring actress. And she has been in a handful of films. And she has starred in a film with Lynn Lowry. Do you know what that film happens to be, Mr. Tibu? No, I don't. That happens to be uh, Bathtub Shark Attack. Holy shit. This is going to be interesting. Wow. Yes. Yes. So she's been in a handful of films. She's also, she was in Fang. She was in The Crazies, which should be familiar to at least fans of Mr. Bastuna because that is a George A. Romero film uh, as well, too. So, uh, yeah, but Lynn Lowry was in this as well. Alan Coleman. The only thing that I saw him in that I recognized was uh, Air Force One. And as soon as I saw his character, I knew exactly who it was. But he played one of the um, terrorists on the on on the on the plane, and that as well too. So Susan Petrie was in this as well. But Barbara Steele, let's get Barbara, Barbara Steele in here. Barbara Steele, yes, she's the delicious, the beautiful Barbara Steele. She was in Black Sunday. She was in Eight and a Half. She she had been in a handful of films before this. She she had done voice work for like Castlevania that I know was very popular with with some people as well too. But what I will say is that a lot of the actors and actresses in this were pretty green at the time for the most part because this was David Cronenberg's face our face first film. So you know, some of the trivia on this that I thought was pretty interesting was that he really thinks that Dan O'Bannon copied the alien, I would say fetus in the first film off of this, which I can see. Um, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure if, if th- that, that uh, that's kind of a loose interpretation of it, but it makes sense. What do you say, Tibu? No, I don't. I didn't get alien vibes off this movie at all. No, well, I, so. I guess I meant the 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 alien, like when it pops out of the stomach. Yeah, like the, yeah, the, the the little yeah, the little pipe. thing. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't even. No, to me, it looked like little pieces of fucking liver that you buy at Walmart or or your butcher shop. You throw on right. the grill. Yeah. No, I didn't. That makes sense for obvious reasons, but yeah, this was not re- reviewed favorably at all. At all. So obviously David Cronenberg is a Canadian. This is reviewed primarily in the Canadian film industry. And there were reputable reviewers, including those overseas with our, I would say our British confidants that were saying that if this is produced in, you know, purported by the Canadian film industry, that they probably shouldn't review or put any other films up because it was that bad it was really really negatively taken as far as the film goes but it it in time it's kind of taken that you know i mean let's be honest here this is kind of a cult classic at, at this point here so one last thing is that the film was shot in 15 days and the final scene was the pool scene so this was pr- primarily shot in sequence But the pool scene, it was shot where the cast and crew kind of thought it was like a cut done and deal. And they stripped down and jumped in the pool, which, you know, they were obviously there was a couple actors still playing parts, uh, but he kept it in. So a lot of the pool scene that you see was kind of just kept in the film and it wasn't planned. It was kind of a, uh, I would say, ad libbed type deal. And that was, you know, I mean, I mean, let's be honest here. Barbara Steele, she's, she, she's, uh, ooh, how, how do we explain Barbara Steele, Tibu? She, she, she's, she's kind of a treat, but the closest she ever got to a nude scene was when you saw her in the pool and you got to see her nipples. So I'm excited to talk about this film because if <laughs> this film taught us one thing, it's that. Montreal in Canada is loaded and stacked with beautiful women. So what do you say we get into this 1975 film Shivers? Yeah, dude. I'm ready to talk about it. All right. So bring us in, bud. Well, the movie starts at the Starliner Towers. Um, it's it's like the, the movie opens like a kind of 
um, advertisement, if you would, for this this apartment complex where you can move to Montreal. You could fucking have your your run of the mill or uh, run of the the oh God. What's the expression? You could have you could have your your best life here. Um, not run of the mill, but like your best life here. And you, but you it was fucking... it was a very new wave. Like in the seventies, this had to have been top of the line, new age type hotel slash apartment. It seemed very modern at the time. Was it a hotel? I didn't get that. No, vibe. It, it, it was a part. It, it was an apartment, but it was. I mean, it had like the hotel type vibe with you know the elevator and the security guard, but it was very new age and modern. I'll say. Okay. And at the beginning of the movie, you got this couple showing up and dude, I just watched this for the first time today, so I'm not going to know character names. So you're going to have to help me with that. But this couple shows up and they're new to the apartment. They meet discount Carl Sagan, who is like the hotel manager. And he's like, oh, you can move in today or whatever. But upstairs, there's this weird fucking discount Dr. Loomis with a fucked up beard tackling this young schoolgirl to the ground over and over again. They're wrestling in the bed. They're wrestling up against the walls. It's it's fucking weird how the, the movie jumps back and forth between. It is very guy. weird because the movie is trying to paint this picture where you have like a 60 or 70 year old, which you find out to be a. Like well, professor slash well, doctor, well, but it's I was a gonna say, yeah, I was, it's a kid. It's a kid. Yeah, sixteen year old kid. Right. Okay. Yes. 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 So the doctor is this old dude, and it's a young kid that he's like tackling, and you're jumping back and forth between their scene and this young couple being like coerced, not coerced, but like schmoozed into getting an apartment here. And this that, doctor, that guy's accent was the fucking best. It was it was a fucking ten. Like I was like, are you Canadian or are you like, like like a British Canadian fucking like, you know, Mister Pinky guy? I, I love it. <laughs> the movie did give me the vibes that it was shot in England or Britain, wherever. Even though it it's Canadian, so I, I guess it was shot. It, it was actually shot on Star or Star whatever the island is in Montreal. Well, good on them for doing some accents that I didn't even pick up on. Um, low budget or not, I mean, and this clearly is very low budget. Uh, for the 70s and even to today, very low budget movie, but done very well. This is, again, a, a sign of a, a talented filmmaker um, making a good movie with no budget, basically. Some budget, but no budget. And so the the the, the film is going back and forth between this couple and the doctor strangling this young woman to death, then laying her on the table and you get these Canadian breastuses, um, <laughs> split, split open on a table and he cuts her open, pours some kind of weird liquid into her stomach that steam rises out of. Then he slits his own throat. And immediately I'm like, what is going on in this movie? <laughs> like this, this that's my first scene is so like like I'm gonna say awkward first time watch second time watch 20th time watch when you're watching this and you're trying to put yourself in the shoes of what you're supposed to be in as far as a viewer goes with a kid being I mean let's be honest here it, it's some weird brutal fucking sex rape type yeah, murder deal. It was it was weird. It was fucking weird, but it was effective too. That that that's what's fucked up is effective, mm-hmm. right? And so the police go to investigate, and there's this guy that I guess he's around the building or he's a doctor nearby. I I don't I see. He again, lives in first, the building. Okay, so first time watch, I will not have everything nailed down tight. You're, you're talking about Roger at this point. So Roger, Ro- Roger is is yes. a physician, but lives in the building. Yeah, and he and, was and, there. And we can he we can tampering with evidence right now that this entire film takes place in one giant apartment building. Yeah, and Roger 
was tampering with police evidence. He was he was like digging in the mouth of the girl. He was doing whatever else. He gets questioned by a guy that I think his name is Hobbs, right? Um, and Hobbs is like, well, you're going to hear back from the department about this. <laughs> I think it was Hobbs. Um, and but Hobbs had been working on a project with the guy that was in the building. Uh, see, I, I might be jumping a little bit, but you find out in the film that there's this parasite that can take over the function of a human organ this is very david like now that i've seen enough david cronenberg films it leaves me no surprise that this is a cronenberg film when i hear the plot of this movie basically the premise of this film is that there are these doctors that are working on this parasite that can enter the human body it can um, let, let's say your weakness is – and they use this analogy in the film. Let's say your weakness is your kidney. Your kidney's failing. You put this parasite in your body. The parasite then dissolves your kidney, takes its place, does the function of your kidney, right? It filters your blood for you. It takes a little bit of blood of its own. And I like the line where he's like, don't be so greedy. Like, you know, you got plenty of blood to go around. So – and that, that this is coming later with characters I don't know the names of. So again, first time watch, and I'm new to this movie. Um, I just watched it a few hours ago before before this recording. So forgive me for this, but there, there there's a the, the old guy that strangled a young woman was a partner of a doctor that's later explaining this to a detective. I I assume it's a detective or at least a, another doctor, and he's like, "This is basically what we've been working on." We want to make he was he says he was making these parasites that would fucking take over the function of a human organ. And but there's this other side to it. And that's where this movie and I didn't know what people were talking about on the discord. We were we were kind of like talking about this movie on the Joe Blow discord a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 Cole. uh Boss Tuna was was letting everyone know, like kind of teasing what we were going to talk about next. And everyone's like, oh, that's a sexy movie. That's a real good, yeah. sexy movie. And I'm just like, what does that mean? And now I know what that means. Brother, this this parasite fucking overrides the system and makes motherfucking horny zombies, basically, is what I got out of this. Yeah. Horny zombies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's why I was like, at the beginning of the episode, when you were like, I'm hungry for love, that was going to be my quote, too. Cause no that's shit, that was parts. your quote? Yeah, that's why I Damn. said you stole it, bud. Because <laughs> that was my quote for the movie. Um, there, There's a lot of weird shit going on in this movie, dude. Like, people are fucking vomiting blood, Oh my god, like I'm trying to pinpoint what happens next exactly. Like after the doctors talk to um homeboy about the investigation, how he shouldn't have fucked with evidence, then you go to the doctor that's explaining this is what we we've been working on, these parasites, and they're rampant. They're, 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 I was gonna say it, it did a really good job as far as what I call the setup, because you have your creepy dude with the mustache and he's he is basically a salesman for the building yes and he's got this couple in there and he's selling the whole place because this takes place in montreal on an island and he's selling the whole unit as far as that goes and you 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 get you get like part of that scene but you also get it like spliced in with that fucking weird rape kill scene and then the whole thing just fucking shutters you with the the doctor just like cutting his own neck after the whole thing but dude what i will say is 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 the effects are great i mean besides your italian fucking like fucking pinkish blood i thought the effects were really really solid in this a lot of effects were great. Like I, I, I'm jumping ahead too much, but like there's a scene where the one guy is laying in bed and his stomach is bulbousing out. And there's a previous scene where this old dude goes to the doctor's office, I guess, 
And he's like, oh, I saw those those bumps on her stomach. I thought they were kind of sexy. She's like, Brad, I'm on I'm working right now. He's like, I know you are. And he's the old dude. But you see this guy later laying in bed again, dude, I'm jumping around. I just watched this movie, man. I don't have a history with this movie. And I didn't have time to take notes the way I normally do. I really did not. I did not. Sorry. But homeboy looks like discount Jeff Goldblum. He does. He looks like Ross Goldblum. Ross from Friends mixed with Jeff Goldblum from The Fly. And his stomach is all... blonde hair mixed in. Yeah. And his stomach's all bulbousy. And his wife is like, why won't you just let me help you? Like, she's just trying to help. I'm jumping Again, around, I know, but god damn. The, the biggest thing of this whole film is I'm convinced that Montreal is just fucking stacked and overloaded with beautiful women because apparently nobody wears bras up there and they've got just their tits are fucking 10 out of 10. Their nipples yeah, are yep, great. Like, yep. Love it. The whole movie, the whole movie, that one scene again, jumping. But when the doctor is talking on the phone and, and our, I think that's our main protagonist is putting her shirt taking her shirt off putting her shirt back on and he's on the phone just like trying yeah. to normal like dude, right any red-blooded american would have been like i'll call you back brah bro she was stacked big time and looking good as fuck and i don't know what else to say i don't know like that's cronenberg Look, so in 1975, this boy is making an independent horror film about fucking chopped liver running around, jumping into everyone's mouths and taking over an apartment complex is basically what this movie is. It's it's not. I would love to run through the plot linearly, but I, 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 I'm struggling because I, I did see it today. I didn't take notes. I didn't have time. I was door dashing while I was fucking getting this movie in, dude. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I watched it the other night and fell asleep. So I rewatched it again today while I was working. But what I do know is that I saw some fucking good gore effects, some weirdness, some weirdness when it came. I remember the scene where the fucking lady goes down into the fucking uh, bowels of this apartment building and she's going to do her laundry. And this old Yenta is walking through and she's doing everything wrong. She fucking spills her laundry all stupidly into the fucking washer. She puts the coins in, can't really close it right. And then she looks at the next fucking washing machine, blood's coming out. And she's like, ugh. Uh, and she opens it and a fucking fried piece of liver flies into her mouth. This movie is like an indie tour de force of I'm going to work with what I got. And Cronenberg, what he does beautifully, he can make great scenes out of nothing. He can make something that's not that mesmerizing seem a little bit more fucking intriguing than it should be. Um, I'm going to jump again to when the homegirl who's snobby is getting out the bathtub. She spills her wine glass whenever the the um, the meat, the meat slug comes up through the fucking drain and goes into her vagina. And she steps out of the bathtub after it's impregnated her and consumes her. And I can only imagine how they did the shot where she steps on the broken glass and leaves the the blood trail behind. How did you film? I can imagine how they filmed it, but how did you film that? How did you film that where her feet land on the glass and then when she steps away, there's blood left behind? That that's what uh, I about this film is that it it's so simple in its concept, but it's so effective because yes, yes, it it shows you. I mean, it, it shows you enough to get your brain really rolling, but it leaves enough where you can imagine kind of what's happening with the characters. And I absolutely loved. So Barbara Steele is, is the one we're talking about with the bathtub and her scene. And that, that was a very legit scene because anybody who is probably like 50 years old and under and sees that scene. I mean, this movie does a really good job as far as 
piquing your interest as far as a red blooded American, because let's be honest here. It has the blood, it has the boobs and it has the gore. And it's, it's, it's really good as far as giving us those three B's that we want. It's got the babes in it. It's, it's, it's pretty legit. It's very entertaining. Not only that, but it does have an intriguing story. And it, it it's, again, we're skipping around and it's my fault because I'm supposed to do the note taking, but I haven't been able to do it so diligently well, lately. It, it does but, a really good job as far as just kind of letting you, it it it, it gives you just enough information to, to trail you along. Because this is a short movie. This movie is like 80 some minutes long. Yes. So it does a very good job as far as giving you enough to keep you interested, but it keeps you engaged, if you will. And, and, and I love that it's, it's kind of like, like you said before, the one thing I want to touch on was the, the zombie aspect of it, because it, it, it kind of is a, a sexy zombie movie, if you will. <laughs> yeah. They all want to bang, dude. Once they get fucking impregnated by this parasite or involved with this parasite, it, it gets inside their system. They just go off the deep end. And the doctor, the one doctor from earlier does explain this. He's like, once this gets out of control, it was designed this way. Like these, these things are going to go full bore and they're going to want to. And that's when you get the scene that we were talking about earlier. Like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for love. That's like these, and that's that's the old Yenta. She turns up later in the movie, and I was like, oh, no. I'm like, no, not you. She fucking bombards that dude in the hallway and starts fucking trying to bang him. They get aggressively sexual to the point of rape and murder, and that's the fucked up part is like this is like it follows on crack in a way, in a way. Yeah, but, but but with little chopped liver pieces infecting everybody that sneak through mail through mail slots, sneaky, sneaky, yeah. sneaky, yes, sneaky parasites. So this entire apartment complex gets overrun basically by these fucking this experiment gone wrong. It's an experiment gone wrong by a doctor who was not in, I guess, not getting critiques from his peers or i i, I kind of wish we had a little bit more of a backstory but essentially yeah that the, the doctor that did the whole fucking weird rape murder scene in the beginning was trying to come up with a a a solution to something that would take over and help your organs that were failing but he right because grabbed... the organization they were funded by was an or was a organ doning organization like they they were trying to figure out a way to have like you were saying i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but but that was the that was the build up to it is that he was the doctor that did this experiment was funded by an organization that is is part of the organ donation circuit they were trying to eliminate having to the wait times the this the that um imagine you could get a fucking heart next tomorrow a new heart but it's a parasite that helps you pump your blood through your body. It takes a little bit of blood for itself. Oh, and by the way, we didn't perfect it. So it makes you a crazy sex zombie. Yeah. That's it, what this movie is. Hashtag side effects. Yeah. Which yeah, really isn't that far off of the world we live in now. It's like, oh, here we have a, you know, cholesterol on medicine, but it's going to, you know, make <laughs> your pants and grow a, a, a second fucking penis and a third testicle and you're going to use pronouns you never thought yet yeah whatever but anyway yeah. <laughs> uh, but no anyways yeah th this is uh, all of a sudden all of a sudden my pronoun is Cronenberg yep yep what do you he hammer Cronenberg no but uh, <laughs> this is a very I, I kind of love these movies too because you know these movies that you see from actors that or actors I mean directors that turn out to be something it's because it's it's raw this is what they want this is what they envision this is before big money and producers meddled with their their work so that's really what I appreciate with this whole 
film is the rawness of it and the vision that you get from Cronenberg. See, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad that you said that because watching this movie, I had kind of the opposite reaction. I had the reaction of, I feel like he has a concept here, but he doesn't quite have the skill and the money to pull off what he really wants to do. So that's interesting that we both have contrasting views on this as far as that level of it goes, because you're saying it's the raw, unfiltered Cronenberg, and I'm saying this is the underfunded, under underwhelming Cronenberg to a degree, to a degree, like a lot of the aspects of this movie. But I'm look while I'm watching it, I'm like, man, it's kind of like Crimes of the Future again, where I'm like. I feel like you could do more with what you're trying to tell me right now. I feel like you could, based on what I've seen you do in other movies, I feel like you could do more here. And so that's interesting. That's just interesting to me that that we have that juxtaposing uh, viewpoint. So we, we, we essentially have an outbreak going on in this apartment complex, and you do find out that they're pretty much like sex crazed zombies and they're infecting other people and that that's essentially you have a few people that are your 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 protagonists because you have i mean if we're being honest here we have you know paul hampton who is you know roger but we have his buddy rollo who or rollo whatever who is the, the the doctor but we have nurse forsyth uh, Mr. Tudor is the one that gets pretty much taken right away. Yeah. His wife is uh, Jane Janine. And she, it's funny because like. She can't stop crying. She can't stop crying. But you think that she's going to be kind of, you know, oh, she, she'll be okay. She'll come away with it. Uh, and then we have Bats, who is Barbara Steele. But. All of these chicks in this movie are fucking tens. They're they're just beautiful fucking Canadian women <laughs> trying to get through this whole thing. And you get really good scenes because you know Roger is essentially the 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 good guy. But we go through the whole film with them trying to get through and get out of this entire fucking, I would say, high rise apartment. Yeah, and it's my like, favorite. It's like Go ahead. Well, no, it's like Evil Dead in the apartment high rise. Like every person in there eventually becomes infected and is trying to fuck slash murder somebody else. And it goes crazy bonkers bananas in the basement scene. I want to say the the one special effect in this movie that I was not even special effect. Like this is a full on action effect. This is a great scene in this movie is when the characters are trying to escape and they get fucking rammed by one of the the sex zombies that's driving another car. You can see in that scene, you can literally see the human beings in the cars while they crash and collide in this low-budget horror film. I assume they're stunt doubles and are trained and know what they're doing, but, it, dude, it's so fucking real and so fucking visceral that was the one scene that stood out to me heaviest. I was like, wow, you, Cronenberg, you pulled that off, dude. That car crash, car crashing into another car in in the parking garage, and they smash into the fucking, like, a column on the sidewall, and you see human beings in the car. It's not some off-camera shit. It's not some CGI shit that did not exist in 1975. That's human beings in the car. You see them. That shit was fucking amazing. There, there was my... a lot of that in this film, just, just because it was so so low budget. But yeah, it, it, it's it's very it's it's a very brutal, visceral dude. There's there's some weird shit going on with kids. I mean, you have an elevator scene where oh my god, yes, tell it, tell it, yep, tell it. You have an elevator scene where you have a mother and a daughter going down, and you have the elevator open up you have a guy go on board and you know they turn into some weird sex zombie and you keep getting this scene of this security guard 
Well, the, the one with the one daughter. with the gun for sh- the one with the gun for show. Yep. You have the mother and daughter that are infected. Doesn't mean shit because you have the security guard down there. The elevator opens up. He gets overtaken by the mother and the daughter. And it's just weird because there is a scene where you see a 12 year old kid girl and she's mouth kissing this actor who's an adult. So, I mean, if that doesn't tell you it's 1975 and shit don't fucking matter in Canada, I don't know what else. (laughs) This is very, very Canadian controversial. (laughs) It's fucked, dude. It's fucked. And, And all of that just adds to the fucking tension and the weirdness and the creep factor you get with this film. But essentially, this film doesn't have a good ending. I mean, if we're getting in well, well, hold on, hold on. Here, no, well, hold on. What what scene is it where the one chick is kissing the other chick, and you see the thing go from one throat to the next? Oh yeah, you get really good fucking scenes from that. Yeah, you get uh, uh, Petrie and fucking Barbara Steele doing that whole thing because Barbara Steele's in her fucking bathtub. And yeah, she's got her, her her wine in there and she's, you know, taking a bath. But the thing crawls or swims from the fucking drain up her vajayjay, as you call yeah. it. And it yeah. affects her. And it's great because it doesn't show you exactly how it happens or exactly what happens. But, you know, she's infected. And then you get Roger's wife. And that was a really weird fucking scene, too, because you get Roger's wife and he's you know, some weird fucking sex zombie and he's wanting to fucking bang his wife. And there's a really awkward scene too, where he's, he's like, yeah, she's like, like, I want to see you. I want to just let me go get my contacts. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then I was like, that's every woman in America. Take note. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just saying with with, with Tibu. Yeah. You're going to, I'm being an as Lord. I'm being an as Lord. No, I was like, yeah, no, she went in the bathroom and put, but that's the weird thing. She went in the bathroom and put her contacts on. I'm like, what are you doing? Then I'm like, oh, because you need to see it to get the fuck out. You got to get out. Yeah. But yeah. It, It was, it was fucking weird, but yeah, everybody, that, that, that's the one thing too, is like, you know, as as a my, viewer, my my, my joke, my my Go joke ahead. comment, my joke comment, fucking completely landed flat. <laughs> I was trying. To... <laughs> I, well, I knew what you're saying, but you yeah, know, people who haven't seen this film are like, wait, what? Right. Okay. What? Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. She's doing the right thing. Like, get your contacts in so you can get the fuck away from this rapist, weird zombie guy that's full of parasites. But really, what happens is. There, there's no, there's no happy ending to this because, essentially, Roger ends up, oh man, like even his fucking girlfriend, the nurse Forsyth, you think they're gonna be the fucking good guys at the end, but everybody succumbs to this, mm-hmm. and there's some really good scenes, there's some really good body horror, if you will, where you have the slugs going from you know, one person to another, which, I mean, it was all practical. I don't know how they did it, but like they literally show, you know, the skin bulging on all these. But I mean, if we're being honest, you get some really good makeout scenes with some other women and you get to see, you know, like some fucking, I mean, you get to see, <laughs> you get to see it. It's, it's pretty sexy. It's a, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a sexy would be really movie. Sexy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sexy movie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, essentially like you get to the live and and, you know, Roger is trying to escape the apartment building and he gets like sucked in and trapped in the fucking pool and he's done. I mean, he's, he's, he's fucking toasted. So you think that, you know, part of you is like, is somebody going to escape? Is, is there going to be a happy end of this? Nope. He gets brought in the pool. But my favorite thing is at the, I mean, the film could have ended with a pool scene, mm-hmm. but what really made this was they took it one step further yep. and they showed everybody all put together. So clearly they went back in, they showered, they got dressed, they fucking put their makeup on and they exited the apartment building and everybody's leaving. 
and they're all put together and you know that this fucking virus this this parasite whatever you want to call it is spreading and it you're yeah fucked. The, you're the, fucked the news is reporting like like yeah. encouraging listeners don't panic as police are investigating the epidemic of sexual assaults in Montreal that's that's how the movie fucking goes out love it i love it it's very it's very dark and bleak. yeah very bleak and and when you're talking 1975 i mean this movie went places that you didn't see movies from the 70s go and when you talk about the effect it had and the impression it had i mean this is david cronenberg this is him coming out saying this is my shit and nobody else has meddled with it this is my vision and i'm going to put it out where i think it needs to be and it's brutal in scenes it's explicit in scenes it's gory you got a little fucking shitty italian blood which I will say is a little bit of a downer for me when you get that fucking melted red crayon bullshit. <laughs> but all in all, the 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 veracity that he fucking came out with in this first feature of his, I absolutely loved it. This is a film that has a very high rewatchability with me, partly because it's just so much in your face with its its um, intent if you will, it has, I mean, nobody wears bras apparently in 1975 in, in, in Montreal, but he's not afraid to show you, you know, the sexuality uh, of, of the time. But anyways, I'm rambling here, but this is probably my second favorite David Cronenberg film of all time. And I'm coming in at a nine out of 10 because I absolutely love this movie. I've seen it twice and I will see it again. And David Cronenberg is a fucking G uh, video drum is overrated. And I will say that <laughs> and shivers are his fucking masterpieces because I, I love this film. Wow. I love the passion. I love the passion. Wow. So, on a nightclub scale, it's a 10 because it's an indie feature and he did everything he wanted to do and blah, blah, blah. 10 out of 10 nightclub. Joe Blow, um, I'm going to be critical here and I'm going to say this is an 8 out of 10 for me. Um, It's not a bad movie at all. It's a great movie. I think everything is fucking working for it. I think the effects are dope, especially considering it's independent as fuck. I think the story is dope, but I am left wanting and waiting for more. I I think that if he had more of a budget and more of time to develop the story a little bit, I feel like this could have been a better movie. But that's not to say it's not a great movie for what he had to work with when he had to work with what he had to work with, if anyone follows me. At the time, time and place, this is what the movie was. So... In that regard, 10 out of 10. Good job, David Cronenberg. If I got to rate it as a movie, 8 out of 10. But don't let that fool you. This movie is worth watching. It's fucking awesome. I enjoyed every fucking second of it. Um, So seek out Shivers from David Cronenberg, 1975. If you've seen The Fly and you think that's his best, well, it is. <laughs> but don't but yeah don't but. don't 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 sell him short change go back and watch his other films because he's got a bunch of other films that are fucking dope as fuck including videodrome yeah all right well there you have it so that's it i mean Nine out of ten for boss tuna eight out of ten for tibu stay tuned because the Joe Blow Horror Show will return. We will be back and we will have a review of a new movie. What and is it? You said you'd have it. You I, said I you'd did. have it. I did. What is it? It's 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 a surprise. No. Yes. No. no. Yep. 
bro. I, I there's three there's three films in my list right now, and I don't know which oh, one it's gonna be. So man, our listeners are gonna have to wait, and I will have to just text you what it's gonna be in the next. I've been week. waiting for this all night. Okay. I know. I know. I know. All I, right. I went through I went through my list again, and I was like, I'm I'm gonna narrow it down, but then I came across another one. I'm like, oh fuck! It just it ruined it. It ruined it. So we will be back with a new film. But before then, you're just going to have to stay tuned. And Mr. Tibu, do you have anything to list uh, to list to, to <laughs> hold our listeners over with because they're going to be pissed off that they don't have the upcoming film? But what do you got to say there, bud? Don't ever trust a fucking discount Carl Sagan to sell you an apartment because there's probably a strong likelihood that there's a parasitic organism that's going to take over your body, take over everyone's body, and turn you all into fucking sexual crazed cannibalistic zombies. I was going to say, you should have left out the whole sexual part because that's pretty... uh... That that that's a good selling point. It's not. It's not good. It's not good when they fucking eat your clit and suck your dick off your body. And still, people are listening that are like, yes, I want that. But with that, I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. Boom! That was incredible. Is it good for you? (laughs) I've had better. (laughs) 